further up and further in. I'm Amy and I'm here with Michelle. Hey Amy, today we're going to talk about doing life in proximity with other people. Yes, we've all seen those bumper stickers that say, I love Jesus, but I don't like his followers. And when I see those bumper stickers, I halfway chuckle because I know exactly what they're talking about. And I halfway feel really, really sad because that's only the cynical perspective on what it means to do life with other people. Mm-hmm. That it is both really, really beautiful and really, really hard. Yeah. Yeah. So we all know highs and lows of relationship. We've had these like glorious moments. And I think that must have been what uh, King David was writing about in Psalm 133 when Mm. he's just like writes this beautiful song of how beautiful and pleasant it is when we're living together in unity. It's like dew on the mountains. Like he's just going off poetically. He must have been having one of those sweet spots. Yeah. And some of his Psalms, he's not having some sweet spots. Some sweet spots. He's like... Kill them all, Jesus! They've abandoned me! He doesn't talk about Jesus, but yeah, he's raw about how painful our relationships with other people can be. And we know that it's really important and it's really powerful. Mm -hmm. Because right in the very beginning, God said, it is not good to be alone. Does that ever blow your mind? Yeah. I kind of like it some days. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? Where it's like, I, I can just really, I just have to be focused on myself. I don't have to deal with, worry about, think about another person. It's just me. Just yeah. me and Jesus. We got our own thing going. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's not good, apparently. Yeah. Because Adam was with God face to face in the garden. He's face to face with God. Added to it the perks of perfect temperatures. No need to worry about what you look like. Um, and mangoes everywhere. Mangoes. Papayas. <laughs> the ultimate. <laughs> okay. Perfectly <we're>, ripe mangoes. <laughs> we're in northern Canada. We only get to harvest fresh fruit and vegetables for a few months of the year. Paradise is palm trees and fresh fruit, okay? So my paradise, yeah. Amy, and me alone with God. And God is like, actually, something's missing. It's not good for you to be alone. So if you think you and Jesus got your own thing going, you're actually completely in contradiction to scripture. Let's just cut to the chase. Yep. Okay. That is true. So here we are. We need people. It is not good for us to be alone, but people are messy and challenging and difficult. Right? We are. What? Right? I mean, most people, not us. (laughs) No, no, no. We're people. Right? So it's like, as we say, people are tricky and hard and difficult. We ourselves are. Okay, fine. Right? And as... Right? That's actually really helpful, right? When I'm like being like, this person, I'm blah, 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 blah. Yeah. To be like, okay, actually... It takes some patience and grace to be my friend too. Yeah. Well, you would know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that it's not just a, I'm awesome and everyone wants to be my friend and I'll tolerate other people. Mm-hmm. It's true. So all our humanity, our uniqueness, our diversity, and our brokenness bumps up against each other. And it's still good to be in community. And yet, right? Hebrews 10, 24, 25. Do not neglect meeting for the purpose of encouragement. Encouragement. When I was a kid, I only ever heard the first part of that scripture quoted. Don't forsake the gathering of yourselves together. And I thought it was like the rule in the Bible to keep God happy. You had to go to church. Yeah. It's not about that at all. Although going to church is a great idea if you've got a great church. Plug, plug. 
But um, the whole idea that our gathering together is for the purpose of encouragement. Yeah. And so don't get the nauseating idea that I'm talking about us just getting together and being a bunch of sappy cheerleaders. Rah, rah, rah. Mm -hmm. Because encouragement looks like all kinds of things. Nor does it just mean, hey, let's hang out a lot. Mm. Right? Because, I mean, community. Like, oh, yeah, we have friends. We hang out. We have fun. There's a level of encouragement and enjoyment Mm -hmm. there. But, man, the community we're talking about is like the authentic, vulnerable community that is the I am known, I am seen. They know my hurts and my joys. Oh boy, Amy, that sounds really risky. I I mean, we can all do, like you say, the proximity community, the people that I see at my kids' activities and when I go to the grocery store, I can pull that off most days. Yep. But you were talking about being real. Yep. Yeah. One of the gifts of being an authentic, vulnerable community is to be known and seen and loved. And I mean, encounters with God's love are is paramount. And yet having encounters with God's love that has someone else's face on it. It's huge. It's huge, right? To Mm -hmm. have someone else. It just eliminates shame. Shame. Lots of us have a good theological assent to the fact that we're deeply loved by God, but if we don't experience love by people as well, we're missing out on something. And really, the only way to know we're loved isn't to show up shiny and have people approve of us. It's to be real and flawed and still let people close to us and find out they actually do love us. Because mm-hmm. if we're showing up shiny and perfect, performance, then all that is reiterating is I'm loved because my imposter self, my performing self mm-hmm. is what is loved. Yeah. And if people really knew me. Yep. That's yeah. a big lie. <laughs> if only people knew. Yeah. If they knew what I struggle with. Yeah. If they knew the secret things that aren't broadcasted and obvious. If they bump into me the way I show up when I'm tired and hungry and afraid. What is it? Are hurting, angry, lonely, or tired? Yeah. And <laughs> they hormonal. Might, hormonal. They might not see the best version of me. Am I still worth loving? Mm. Am I worth fighting for? Yeah. Is there any value in me? And that's so, where the authentic, vulnerable community so is critical. It's tricky because we're not talking about... Letting it all hang out either, because we've got people that wander around the universe forever just like flinging their dirty laundry everywhere as an intention-getting thing. We're not talking about that. The vomit. Yeah. Let's not do that. That's gross. Mm -hmm. But seek out intentional community. So if our listeners are listening to this and that we've already rather brutally honestly said, you and Jesus don't have your own thing going. You need people. As well. I mean, you and Jesus need to have your own thing going. Well, we do. We definitely do. And. And. And we need community. He said. Not Michelle and Amy said. Mm -hmm. He said. Uh, There might be like lots of triggers going on right now because people have caused you pain. That's such a legitimate thing. We're not saying ignore that. But we would encourage you. Go deal with it. Whose name's coming to mind right now? Jot them down. Go back to the forgiveness episode. Listen through it because people have hurt you. People have hurt me. If you live on this earth, you have been hurt by people. Mm Mm-hmm. And that is the strategy of the enemy to keep you isolated and alone in your little tower. You can show up in proximity to people and never be seen and known by them. Mm-hmm. So we have to deal with those strategies of the enemy against us to keep us in isolation. Mm-hmm. But if someone then past that point says, man, I don't even have, I've never seen the kind of community you're talking about and I don't have one. What do I do? Mm-hmm. First of all, you need to lead the way. Oof. 
Yeah. But I want someone else to do it for me, Amy. No. No? No. <laughs> okay, so what? Right? what? The only way that vulnerable, authentic community gets cultivated, someone has to take the risk. It's true. Right? And if it's like, man, that's what I want, but someone else needs to tell me it's safe for it for I can do it. At some point, someone has to has to create space. Someone yeah. has to start being vulnerable. Because as, right, we've experienced this multiple times. As you've shared part of your story with a group of women, as I've shared my story and been vulnerable and done war on shame, it creates a safe space for others to then start being vulnerable. It's so true. we can't just sit back and be like, I want that community. Why isn't anyone giving it to me? We have to be the community that we want to have. Yeah. And so that comes through showing up both in our strengths and in our weaknesses. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. We can't just be takers. Yep. Nope. So we here's can't. all my mess. I need you to love me in my mess. Yeah, you do. And you need to lend your strength to other people. Yep, it's a giving and receiving, giving right? And, and receiving. in 1 Corinthians 13, when Paul is talking about the body of Christ, that it it's a body. We need to be so intimately connected that we can all work together. Yeah. And if all you're doing is taking, all you're doing is receiving, saying, I need this. Why isn't the church giving me this? I need to blah, blah, blah. You're not a part of the body of Christ. You're a parasite. And that's gross. And that you're sucking vitality from the body of Christ. Yeah. So there's a tricky line there because it's really hard for many of us to acknowledge we have needs. Our shiny selves, our imposter selves want to show up like we have no needs and we don't. That's that's just such a big lie. We're actually created with needs. We have needs for companionship, friendship, comfort. We have needs. And if those needs aren't met, something's lacking in our lives. But if we are perpetual victims, then we become um, really unhealthy people that just drain life. So mm-hmm. is there a need for each other? Yes, there is. Yeah. Uh, if you're stuck in victim mode and you feel as though people wouldn't even like you if you didn't need them, mm. that's a big, ugly, gross trap. Yeah. It's like being locked in infancy, infancy and immaturity so that you will feel loved and cared for. And then, right, there's, I just see this kind of dance because then you get the people that can only give and can't receive, mm-hmm. right? And then they're with the takers, for lack of a better word. Yeah. And both are operating in a way that... Reinforces dysfunction. Yeah. Not healthy, thriving community. So no shame. You find yourself on either end of the spectrum. Get real with Jesus about it. Why do I feel safer as a victim? Why do I feel like people will love me as long as I have yeah. needs and don't have needs? Or if I don't have any needs, then I think I'll be loved and cherished. Both of those are lies. Yeah. They're ditches. Yeah, I had a friend when my kids were little. And uh, I thought she was my friend. I felt like we were friends. And during that time, I had a lot of health problems. And she seemed to really love taking my kids and dropping off cooking or whatever. And I just felt so blessed by that. And then, thank God, I got healthy again. It was a long time. It was a couple-year process. But when I was thriving and healthy again and didn't have the need to be cared for that way, she sort of disappeared out of my life. And it mm. I was confusing to me, and it was sad, and it was hard. Because yeah. I, I liked her. Mm-hmm. I wanted community. But she only knew how to show up when she was giving. Yeah. Yeah. And then she disappeared. So that was a bummer. And so there's both ends of the spectrum. We, we can be stuck in only being a giver or only being a taker. Yeah. And we have to learn to be experts both. in giving and receiving yes. love, encouragement, support. Mm-hmm. So we show up as ones who give and receive mm-hmm. encouragement. I think whenever we're, you know, stepping into trying to create a space of authentic and vulnerable community, we really have to do war on a couple of things, right? We have to do war on shame. 
that yeah. man, people knowing, right? We have to fight against the, this is risky, this, I will not be safe, right? If any of those are, are areas of wounding or, you know, your potholes of like, people aren't safe, I can't trust people, I'm not valuable, that as we step into authentic community, we need to be like right on top of those things and fight against them as we're walking into the vulnerable community. Yeah, I actually had somebody uh, meet with me yesterday in my office and share something that they've never shared with anyone ever before. But they'd confessed it to God over and over and over again. Mm. And uh, uh, as she was really longing for some breakthrough in an area, it just kept coming up in her mind. And she finally thought, I'm just going to say this. And she was so shocked that I was so not shocked. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because it turns out that our needs are common to humans. And the places that we get trapped and lost are really common. They're not shocking. No. But the enemy keeps us in isolation, thinking we are the only one who struggles with this. No one ever else has. And if they knew, they would think. And I think that's a lie that keeps us isolated so much is if people really knew this about me, they wouldn't like me anymore. Yeah. And there's something about finding those people who are solid Mm -hmm. and daring to share some of that stuff. Because obviously sharing this stuff with the wrong person would be terrible. It'd be a terrible idea. Mm-hmm. become gossip and all kinds of gross things. But people who are modeling mature, solid lives, they're probably going to look at you with the compassion of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And you're going to experience something by seeing yourself through their eyes of grace that you don't get to experience just with you and Jesus. Yeah. While his grace is real and powerful, experiencing that through another person is transformative. Mm-hmm. And don't think that there's like, the perfect people for this. What? Right? That's for good people, but... Yeah, right? But to come into something and be like, well, if there's offense, hurt, if they they say something careless, well, that's an indication that they are not the right ones. I have to wait for the perfect ones. There's no perfect people. No. And so as we walk in authentic, vulnerable community, we have to be really aware of offense and and unforgiveness. Yeah. Because right. those are bait that we will always be able to take. There will be opportunity for that. The other thing is that I think community has helped me with is not take myself so seriously. Mm. I, I don't know if anybody else is susceptible to that. But I think of times when I've come to you and, and shared something with you and thought, I guess it just wasn't a big deal to you because it wouldn't be a big deal to you because you have a different personality, different mm. wiring, different needs. And I'll just laugh and go, well, Amy, I thought you'd be a little compassionate there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then you'd be like, whoa, I missed the cue. Yeah. <laughs> and back up and try to do, you have a voice that you use to empathize. <laughs> but then we laugh together because, wow, I just acknowledged I have a need. And then I made sure you knew I had a need. Yeah. And we laughed about it together because you're actually not the be-all and end-all, but you do have the capacity to recognize in that moment, oh, she needs someone to validate and care for what she's going through. Mm. You don't have to be Jesus for me. Exactly. But I do need you in community. That's exactly right. So yeah, people are going to disappoint us and fail to meet our expectations, even in godly community. So it's just living with that tension of, I know I need Jesus and I need his people. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is just like hard, but so good. Well, it's risky. It is. It's risky. You're really putting yourself out there. So do it slowly. Do it gently. Do it with wisdom, but not fear. Fear and wisdom can look the same. Which we have a podcast about that. If you need to 
brush up on that before you start venturing out there. There you go. <laughs> Forever putting a plug in for another know, episode, right? but they are all interconnected. Yeah. And all the stuff that we've learned is 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 tied together. So if you don't feel like you have a community, I would say go after it. Yeah. When I moved to this area, young newlywed, oh my goodness, I felt so isolated and alone. And we had started, we'd gone to a couple of different churches. We were going to this church now whatever, it'd been a few months and I was so lonely. I was just so, just genuinely lonely. I have a need for community and people in my life. And um, one day I just decided that I was kind of had been waiting for people to seek me out, like you Mm. said, and it didn't happen because everybody's lives are busy and people are in a routine and they don't, if they don't have the same need as you, they're not going to necessarily know to meet yours Yeah. unless you've had this experience and then you're going to be way more intentional about it. I think that's how you and I became friends. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I saw you as a new person in the community and was like, man, she needs people around her. But for me, at this time, I made a list of people that I was felt attracted to or drawn to in some way from my encounters with them. And I cold called them. I couldn't even text back then in the dark ages. Oh my goodness. I'm just like (laughs) so in awe of you. Oh, shut up. No, seriously. (laughs) Like the thought of just like cold calling people and be like, hey, we chatted in church. Come could, hang out with me. Could we go for coffee or go wow. for lunch? Yeah, we did it. That was big. And it worked. Not everybody said yes. Not everybody turned out to actually be somebody I'd like to be close friends with. But the uh, it worked slowly. By, by the time a year later came, we made a list of all the people that we would want to have over for a Christmas open house. And we had 30 people. And we were just like, oh, we belong here. We have connection. Mm-hmm. The other thing we did was sign up to be part of a life group or small group in the church, which is also risky because, yeah, y- you could meet some weird people. Yeah. But that's when we began to develop a different level of community because we were intentionally focused mm-hmm. on a goal with people of like mind. So that was a good thing, too. Yeah. And for me, when I first moved here, I um, I was just like, I, I mean, aggressive is the wrong word, maybe, but like determined. Intentional. So, intentional. So if people in conversation was like, man, we should get together sometime, I would be like, okay, Tuesday? Does Tuesday work <laughs> yes. for coffee? Right? Like, man, if people are offering to connect, then instead of being like, yeah, we should get together sometime, which is kind of an easy way out. You know, you don't have to fear rejection. You don't have to fear. You can just be like, yeah, we should. Going away thinking I'm never going to contact them. But to be like, no, how does Tuesday work? Right. And then some people, it didn't work. Other people were delighted or whatever. If people are saying things out of obligation. That's a them problem. That's a them problem. And they can, they can learn boundaries if they really don't want to be with you. (laughs) It'll become obvious. Yeah. Yeah, So in this intentional pursuing of community, you're going to bump up against some things that want to trigger rejection and insignificance, and you're going to do battle with them. And you're going to say, no, actually, I'm not insignificant. I am worth having as a friend. I have something to bring because I think we overlook that, that not only are we seeking something, but other people need us. Yeah. We are a gift. Every person carries things within them that are a unique expression of the nature and character of God. And we need each other. Yeah. And in this whole process of cultivating community and and living in authentic community, First and foremost, you still need to be rooted in Jesus. You too. It's not a, let's go to my community to meet all my needs. If I'm just living authentically in community, everything's fine. Everything rooted in Jesus. And what he says is true about us. Mm -hmm. And then finding a space to grow and to learn and to see even the value of community is seeing what you see in me. 
Yeah. That you call things out in me that I'm not so sure about, even though in my head I know Jesus said this is true. Yeah. Yeah. We need each other. Hearing the voice of Jesus, but in someone else's voice. Mm -hmm. So no one can be Jesus for us. No. But Jesus says we need each other. Mm -hmm. So I pray right now that all our listeners will dare. They will be brave. They will seek and pursue healthy community. They will become healthy community for somebody else. Because this dynamic life and connection in community will help us all grow further up and further in. Mm -hmm.